Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Greetings, welcome in another week in the National Football League to review, preview, get you set as you start thinking about your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, they're a couple weeks away, but plan the work, work the plan, right? That's what we always say. You put up your schedule for the day, you try to go through it and find some domination therein. We'll talk a little bit about the college football Saturday that was, that still has tongues wagging and People trying to figure out all different permutations of how to leave a team out or, well, if you want to really make the argument, how to get one of your favorite teams in, Notre Dame. Uh, But we'll talk about that (laughs) as we go. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks, five years in the National Football League, NFL Network, Amazon on Thursday nights with Daniel Jeremiah and Joy Taylor. You see him on the herd. You read him on Fox Sports Digital. And every Sunday, he gives you two hours of audio gold. What's going on, my man? Nothing, man. Just trying to digest all of what we saw during Rivalry Week. Well, I mean, you had to um, first digest all the food from Thursday into yes. Friday. Yes, it was all a those lot. leftovers. I mean, Thursday, Thursday night was great because you had Ole Miss and Mississippi State and uh, Lane Kiffin doing the Vince Carter. It's over. Then I had to watch my alma mater lose to NC State in a in a game that I have never seen a team fall apart like that in two minutes and 12 seconds. But I could show you still shots I took at Northwestern's <laughs> debacle against Illinois to show uh, you how bad it can get really fast. Hey, you know the old empty hand trick? <laughs> in, in the pros, you make a business decision about not going after the football, Bucky. Yeah. Uh, at college, it's like, yeah. I, I dropped the ball. I better go find it, yeah. which we did not see. Uh, and they got boat raced, but you know, the season's over. So yeah. I don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, poor number. Nebraska loses to Iowa, and then that ends up becoming um, Iowa's entrance into the Big Ten Championship just game insane. because of all the stuff that takes place. Ohio State drops one to Michigan. I mean, it was just a fantastic, fantastic. The Iron Bowl was epic. I mean, it's great. Go it's for two, man. Games. Go for two. That's all I can say. Uh, but we let's let's go to the Ohio State Michigan game. And you know, we we talk a lot here about uh, that tough identity. Mm-hmm. Right. And and building, you know, your squad and you're hoping that that continuity as you have a program and a head coach that even if some of the principal characters change, that that doesn't talking a little bit about about Stanford uh, and what we saw against Notre Dame and the mm-hmm. drive chart, punt, 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 etc. Uh, but with Michigan, I mean, you want to talk about the old Harbaugh way of doing business yesterday. I mean, just beating them up on the front. Yeah, beat them up. And you know what was what was great about um, watching the game is Jim Harbaugh made, I mean, wholesale changes with his offensive and defensive staff in the offseason. He had to take a pay cut. Um, I mean, people were expecting this to be a one-and-done deal um, just because he hadn't been able to kind of deal with the bully that has been Ohio State. And so you see the Michigan team play yesterday, and it was reminiscent of those Stanford teams that just would line up and just gut punch you for four quarters. 
And they did it in a different style. They were in a shotgun and doing stuff. But, man, the way they ran the football right at Ohio State, to me, was just, man, it was mano y mano. And, I mean, I will say this about that rivalry game. Like, sometimes you have fake rivals where, like, you're rivals, but guys are friends. I get the sense that those guys don't like each other at all. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any kind of like no, no, no. We we no, we're we're cool. We we shake hands after the game. Like nope, they really don't like each other. Pushing and shoving in the tunnel. No. The hey, I'm taking yeah. your helmet off because you won't let go of my leg. Move. Yes, yes. That um, you have Jim Harbaugh at the end of the game talking about some people start on third base and feel like they've hit triples. Uh, yeah. It was a lot. Ryan Day, two years ago, saying he was going to hang half a hundred on Michigan. I mean, there's a lot. Oh, there's a lot brewing there. And obviously for Jim Harbaugh, from a national media perspective, then you, you always fight the national, local expectations, mm-hmm. reality. Something I've been consistent with, Bucky, doing the show with Jason and certainly here as we talk about it on Sunday mornings with, with Jim Harbaugh is, you know, we, we just have to be honest, you know, and, and people at Michigan need to be honest about what the program has been mm-hmm. right doesn't mean that it's okay to not beat ohio state for a decade i don't mean to imply that at all but if you're going to consistently win nine or ten games that that's a success yeah right and, and to hear the yearly calls of all right is this it you know they lose an early game is this the end of jim harbaugh and then there you go you're 11 and one last year obviously pandemic two and four go back the 2019, nine and four, 10 and three, eight and five in 2017, 10 and three, 10 and three. And people say, well, they, they would lose the bowl games. Like if you're not in the the playoffs, everybody's got different objectives of what the bowl games mean and trying to get uh, an industry and fandom to wrap their arms around what a bowl game is or isn't is usually a pretty difficult proposition. Yeah, it it is hard to figure out because everyone has different agendas when it comes to approaching the bowl game. Some people use it as the jump off to spring football. So now with the new redshirt rules, uh, they play the young players. They put the young players out there and kind of give them that experience uh, to help them get ready for spring ball, which typically takes place a month, a month and a half after that. Um, other teams are still trying to fight, they're trying to put you know kind of like the cap on the on the season. Uh, where they can maybe accomplish double-digit wins or something that's of significance to the school, and so or to the that, coach because he might have an incentive for yeah, a win nine so, or win ten. Yeah, so so you just don't know. And now with all of the players, particularly the top players, if you're not in the playoffs, electing to opt out and not play in the bowl game, uh, it's really hard to measure what success is in the bowl season. And so it's just one of those things where you kind of have to take it as it is. Uh, the playoffs are sure to be uh, a conversation starter. Uh, with what is shaping up to be maybe a debate between Cincinnati, Notre Dame. I mean, who else? Who else? Who else? Am I missing Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, sure. Yeah, but so. I mean, like with Notre Dame, people go, "Ah, oh, well, the the head to head, it's done." It's like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no remember, remember, no, no, no. remember, we we've got a committee they and we've got a system them. whereby you can yeah. look at a game completely different three yeah, weeks we, later. Yeah, we caught we you know they may have called Notre Dame on a bad day. Remember Michigan, Michigan State. That's right. Right, and, Michigan and look, State beats them heads and look, up, and, and look and look how it played out. Look at how it played out. Right. Michigan State gets hammered by Ohio State. The next week, Michigan beats up on Ohio State. So maybe, just maybe, the computers were onto something. Even though our eyes told us, our eyes told us that Michigan State was better because they had more points at the end of the game. 
maybe just maybe they say the same thing about Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Was it a one-day fluke? Yeah, one-day fluke. And over like, there is a giant pile of money if Notre Dame comes into the party. I mean, I'm just saying. It's, right? It's, yeah, I, look, you know? let's call it what it is. It's a, it's a business and it's a TV show. That's right. I'm sorry for the Bearcats. Caught him on a bad day. You, you got that big win, but will it be enough when this all settles after championship weekend? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-mm. But it's delicious theater nonetheless. And who would think that the offense, the the team lacking offensive punch in the Iowa Hawkeyes, yeah, could really screw everything up. They could screw it up. I mean, one game scenario, you just don't know. And also, like, here's the danger if you're Michigan and all these teams coming off a very emotional rivalry game. The next week is going to be hard. One of the reasons why I felt like Ohio State was vulnerable is because the way that they put it down on Michigan State. Everything was perfect for them. Emotionally, they were at a fever pitch. It's hard to produce that and replicate that back-to-back weeks. And so the games that I'm worried about, I'm worried about Michigan and Iowa because they poured so much into the Ohio State game. How are they going to get back up for the Big Ten title game? That's a tough one. See if uh, we can get a bunch of blocked punts and stuff like Iowa. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> like, do, right? yeah, now what's, what's interesting is the Georgia-Alabama game. Um, Alabama was in dogfight in the Iron Bowl against Auburn. I mean, they they snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat. But now, for the first time that I can ever imagine, I mean, first time since when Nick Saban first got to Alabama, they're gonna go into the game as an underdog. Soft belly is under uh, is exposed here. The underbelly definitely. You know, can you can you imagine Alabama Nick Saban? Being able to say, it's us against the world. No one believes in you. You can't do this. All of that. He's mighty, tried to say it mighty, before, even mighty, though they were Alabama, mighty Alabama is now an underdog. Man. Gosh. Well, we know that's, he's tried that rhetoric before. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that, that that's going to make for an interesting game because, as, as we always like to say, they have nothing to lose. Well, you got a potential the Heisman winner, 317, two and one for Bryce Young in that game, including that beautiful. He had to win it. Like who else who else who else else could who else could snatch it from? He had to win it. That performance, the fourth quarter. I mean the last five minutes, whereas the last five minutes of the game, the way he performed in overtime. I can't imagine think that's it. I can't imagine anybody would be able to snatch it. CJ Stroud, like they don't have another opportunity to go and do anything like this. To me, it's a wrap. And it's just amazing that he has been able to kind of just step in there as a youngster and go and get it done. It's it's crazy. Crazy stuff. As we look at uh, the the outlook uh, coming up, Georgia uh, is still, as best I can tell, we're, we're looking at uh, they're a four-point favorite off DraftKings, total of 51. There you go, Bucky. There's your... Your quick glance, look in. Welcome in. It's Fox Football Sunday. All right, there's our college review, and now we'll anxiously await uh, the committee tomorrow night. We'll wait all the way, and or I should say all the way until Tuesday uh, by the time we get that. No, tomorrow we have Washington and Seattle. Mm. We're going to spend like two minutes on that game, and it's going to be all about mm. who's getting fired. Uh, but we'll get into the games uh, coming up later on today, and of course that Monday night thriller uh, as the show goes on. But first, a quick review of Thanksgiving Day. Chicago, Detroit, uh, listening to Troy Aikman, uh, I felt smarter because he echoed some of the stuff I've been saying on here oh, and, yeah. about, about Andy Dalton and taking care of the football and winning football. Now, was it pretty? No. No, oh, so no. You, so Chris Perfett and I, I mean, look, so you're, we, so you're in the camp to play Andy Dalton. I was in the camp to play Andy Dalton the whole time. Oh, man. 
You were here with me. Why, why are we? Why? why? Well, why? Because why we the question of whether it's a learning year or whether you still had a team that can compete. Do we think the Bears really can compete? To be in the, to be in the playoffs in the NFC? I, it's a question I mean, of what competing is, Bucky. So, Your playoff team, two so of the last go, three years, you had a defense, so if healthy, that was going to be good enough perhaps to be to be there. Now you had guys hurt all year, so that's a, the question mark. Were they going to be an explosive offense? No. But could you win games 21-17 if that defense was playing right? So you're okay with them going in like they went in last year with a whimper? A 8-9 Bears team being the seventh seed in the playoffs. As opposed to watching a guy get mm-hmm. himself killed behind a bad offensive I mean, line the bad every offensive week. Line, the bad offensive line, but at some point. No, no, I know. To, eventually you, you have to. to don't, you, don't you want the game to slow down for him so it can be slow motion? So the second I guess, year, I guess with all that running, he'd have to be slowing it down at some point. Slowing it down. So now the interesting thing would be what what does Nagy want to do? Because this is one Well, where, I know what he wants to do. Yeah, what, no, is, what do the bosses want to do? Well, I mean, like they want Nagy. Justin Fields, but Matt Nagy was very clear he wanted Andy Dalton the whole time while the kid learned. I don't know if you really learn, I and I guess that's the question, playing. right? I don't, I don't know. Can you learn? Can you learn without playing? Can you learn? Can you learn radio without being on the mic? I don't know. Guys pay a lot of money to go to school <laughs> to do it. <laughs> they do, but at but, some point, no. But I, I, at some point, you do have to take over. But the the question was. Yeah, you know, all along, and some of the graphics that were thrown up of, well, look what they did here, and they took care of the football versus look at all the turnovers, mm. look at all, and where mm. are you at on the continuum, right? Yeah, no, I mean, look, but, I mean, number, and you're fighting one. for your jobs too. Yeah, you look. So I understand Matt Nagy's agenda is, hey man, I, I understand the young quarterback. We got the young quarterback. But I can't worry about that because if I'm not coaching him next year, what difference does it really make if he's developed? Well, or not? right. And so I understand being in that. He's trying to piece together a run. Uh, I do think it's unfortunate the way that uh, he and his family, his kids have been treated in terms yes. of the fire Matt Nagy thing. I think it's uh, immature and petty. And, uh, well, it was all the student section, according and, to and all that the other reports. Stuff. Yeah. Does, yeah, but it's, it's still. That's your, that's your, that's your, I know, your so, classmate. <laughs> yeah, that's still so whack. But, you know, it's one of those things. And, and we'll see because now they get a win. Even though it was a one point win against a Lions team, that hey, two somehow, points. Don't don't sell it. Two short. Points, Come on now. Against a Lions, it team, counts as twenty. A Lions team that somehow found a way to give another one away. But they play they hard, can't. Bucky. They play hard. They, That's what I hear every week. They 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 do play very hard. I love the effort. Um, I like the emotion and the intensity and all of those things. Right now, they are a hard playing team. They're not a smart playing team. Some of the situational awareness stuff kind of leaves them. Uh, some of that is Dan Campbell. Some of that is my guy, A.G., Aaron Glenn, a D coordinator. Some of that is on the players. But I have never seen a team. Because reasonably, we could say that the Detroit Lions could have four wins under their belt. They like, could. Reasonably. Without without even squinting and saying, like, hey, if they, nope, they reasonably could, could do that. And the way that they have lost games, just from a situational standpoint, is mind-boggling. And if I'm a Lions fan, like – I'm nauseous every Sunday when the game gets tight and there's two or three minutes left, and then it goes into the coach's hands. <sighs> Hard. Tell you what, though, this week uh, on a Sunday, at least, uh, Chris Perfett, he, Pride of mm-hmm. Detroit, is where you find uh, his musings. And and for me, uh, we don't have to worry about the ugliness and the losses today, uh, and we can 
to no? continue our debate offline of that. We'll continue with the review of Thanksgiving Day games. Not that there's a, a huge takeaway necessarily from either of the other games. Maybe a little bit more from Las Vegas and Dallas. Uh, Buffalo, it's more about Tredavious White uh, and what that does to the defensive secondary. Uh, and we already know what New Orleans, I think, is uh, at this point. But they're hanging around the back end of that playoff consideration as well if they can get right and and find a little bit of magic can they we'll talk about it next he's bucky brooks i'm mike Harmon, and this is fox football sunday fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Yeah, that's right. It's that time of year. The order has been made. I don't know what they gave a number to it, like in Star Wars or anything, but holidays, holidays, holidays. Hopefully you're safe traveling to and from wherever your destination was these last couple of days. I know seeing reports here locally in Los Angeles that, you know, the busiest travel day of the year back to pre-pandemic numbers is what they've expected in some cities. So hopefully uh, the travel gods are with you. Uh, On this Sunday, Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks is Fox football Sunday. We're going to get into the games uh, still to be played in week 12 uh, in a moment. But first, uh, a couple of more uh, quick recaps, if we can, at Swollen Dome, at Bucky Brooks. If you have fantasy questions, get them in. Uh, I'll answer them uh, when we get off air here coming up in about 95 minutes from now. Uh, The Vegas Raiders with a hard fought victory in one of the longest, most painful games to watch on our NFL slate. But you know what? Because we're with family and and hanging out and probably having another plate of whatever your favorite was, inserted here, uh, you you got past the 28 penalties for 276 yards, So, including um, those that weren't called, Bucky. I mean, there's, there were a number of those. <laughs> so so many penalties. Like, and I understand, and it's one of the reasons why NFL coaches uh, will stand before their team and talk about the officiating crews that are – calling the game to give warnings to the guys that let them know, hey, it's going to be a tightly officiated game, so you have to understand you can't be so handsy on the perimeter, or these guys are really stickler for X, Y, and Z type penalties. Uh, But man, 28 penalties, no one watches the game to see the officials come to the mic and step to the mic that much. And so it's just one of those things that's problematic because there's just no rhythm or flow to the game. 28 penalties, and I think it was almost like 14 and 14, like split right yeah, down the middle. Yeah, it was middle. right down the middle. I mean, it just, I mean, it's just bad. And some of the calls, I'm not saying, hey, you want to play on, but 
I, I, I tend to like the way the games are officiated in the playoffs, and even though they deny that the, the officiating changes, man, in the playoffs, let them play. Let the people in, in between the lines decide it. Like, the officials need to take uh, a step back and kind of let the players play. And so it was just annoying and frustrating. I didn't have a dog in the fight, but it was just not clean football. You, As know? you, you go through – well, I mean, it was clean in one category. There were zero turnovers, if you can believe that. Yeah. 36-33 games, zero turnovers. Uh, but you had the Pollard return for a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson catches a touchdown, goes over 100 yards. Uh, Zeke is hurt. That's the big story coming out of this. Tony Pollard has more than acquitted himself. Had the return touchdown, but both as a runner mm-hmm. and receiver, we've seen what he's able to do. Uh, but missing Amari Cooper, even though you had Cedric Wilson and and the return of Michael Gallup, a guy who makes some pretty hard, difficult catches look easy uh, for Dak Prescott. Uh, Amari Cooper, if we get down towards the end of the year and there's a what would have been a number one seed sitting out there, mm-hmm. or they end up in a bad spot, he's going to be blamed for missing this time. It's gone, kind of gone onto the radar yeah. here because he's not a quarterback, but missing games because of the vaccination status will certainly become an issue in Dallas and as a nationwide talking point should they uh, get into a, a difficult spot come playoff time. No, it's it's a huge talking point. You know, like um, – the vax were the anti-vaxxers in the locker room, uh, you know, and it's one of the reasons why Dak Prescott and others didn't talk about vaccination status because they didn't want to ostracize uh, a guy who elected not to get vaccinated. But you're seeing now on the field, and you heard Jerry Jones talk about it, like you know, in a team sport, you have to think about the we over the me, and what has happened is they're losing. I mean, they lost a top guy, one of their five best players didn't play because of. Um, COVID protocols. And so as an owner and as a leader of the team, you want to see if you can head off some of those things that can prevent your team from playing at their best. And so it's an issue. Um, They have to work around it. It's not necessarily the sole reason why they lost games or lost on Thursday, but it's definitely a different deal when you don't have your number one receiver, Amari Cooper, then you lose your number two to a concussion the week before and you're playing with the three, four, and fives, and they certainly prove that they're not the same as one and two. C.D. Lamb expected to be back. Uh, The Cowboys will be back on Thursday night football against the Saints, who we saw in the nightcap of this one. Uh, The Raiders' side, interesting. They snap a three-game skid with that victory. Uh, They've got Washington coming up next, and then a a showdown at Arrowhead uh, against the Chiefs uh, still to come. But showing a pretty good resiliency, and at least for one day, Deshaun Jackson's hamstrings were right, and he made a couple of big plays to help that offense. Look, he, he did. And they win without Darren Waller. Yeah, I, I would give Derek Carr credit. He stepped his game up. He played great. Deshaun Jackson, after coming off, a, I want to say he had a critical turnover the week before, a yes. fumble. Uh, he comes back and stepped up. And I mean, look, whatever his deadline was against – uh, the Cowboys, it could have been greater because he was wearing them out on the perimeter. Uh, Anthony Brown had a tough time staying with him. Uh, Anthony Brown had four defensive pass interference penalties. Is that a record? I mean, do you, uh, do you get, go into a record book for that? Bucky? I don't know, but that might be the most that I have seen. I mean, you were um, a DB in the league. I mean, after one, aren't you getting sent to the end of the bench? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you get that I mean, second one called on you? Yeah, it certainly um, changes the stuff when you guys struggling out there on the island. And he was struggling. And so it's just one of those issues where <sighs> I, I just don't know how they couldn't cover Deshaun Jackson is 35 years old. 
everyone knows what Deshaun Jackson typically likes to do. And the fact that he was such an impactful player in that game, to me, is problematic for the Cowboys. But it's a great revelation for the Raiders as they try and creep back into this playoff picture, which is bananas. It is beyond belief how many teams have opportunities to make the playoffs. A lot to be sorted out as we go. I know with the Cowboys, you look at their schedule down the stretch, uh, they play an inordinate number of division games. I don't know how fair Mm -hmm. in the schedule-making world that is. Like, even if it is the NFC East, you know, there's a little little something different about divisional games. I think five of their last six or five of their last seven are in division, which if you have one or two guys hurt, all of a sudden there goes your division title. It seems kind of... lunacy to me likewise there's several of these scenarios where we'll have teams with that one week in between playing each other a second time and and others but uh they do the best they can and we celebrate all 272 of them uh if you're a valued customer you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company that's why discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year discover exceptionally common sense Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Uh, from the nightcap, Buffalo with a Laffer, the 31-6, except for the white injury that I alluded to before for New Orleans. Trevor, look, second best scoring defense in the NFL. So you weren't expecting fireworks. But when your leading receiver is is Humphrey, mm. right? You know, yeah. and, and Jones, 16 for 27. I mean, that's not even falling forward. No. Nah. That's tough, man. I mean, that's not even falling forward. No. Kamara being hurt, like that that's your only legitimate so bad, playmaker on so, the squad. So it's so so bad. And this is one of the things where uh I worry about um the Saints and the Saints going forward and what they're able to do is you now see when when people talk about players over plays and, and what how it matters. Um this is the same plays that Sean Payton was calling when he had Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and that offense used to light up scoreboards around the league. And now they, I mean, they are struggling to generate first downs and put points on the board. And what you are seeing is as, as great as they've done in terms of assembling a defense offensively, they just don't have enough. They don't have enough. And that is the problem. And so I don't know how they can fix it without an upgrade in the offseason. Like, I don't know how they can fix it this year. They're going to have to upgrade their personnel in the offseason to kind of figure out a way to make it happen. Well, they're paying Taysom Hill like a starting quarterback. So maybe he actually finds his way. To being the starting quarterback. Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) He'll still have a very low percentage of their snaps and yet uh, has one of the most interesting careers we'll ever see in terms of the love that Peyton has for him. It's one of the things that I cannot understand, like how they're able to um, justify when he steps into the locker room and all those guys are looking around and he is one of your highest paid guys and yet he has one of the smallest roles on the field because he's not getting on the field and he's not doing anything like injuries aside. He's not playing the same way that he played in previous years where he was H back, fullback, tight end, wide receiver, quarterback sometimes and making a lot of things happen. He's not doing that. So that's the part where you run the risk of losing your squad because they're looking around like, man, my man makes all the dough. He's not making any of the plays. It's a problem. That is a uh, difficult proposition for that coaching staff to navigate. Uh, We'll be curious. Look, as long as I have a Northwestern quarterback starting in the NFL, I'm going to celebrate every decision Sean Payton makes. Are you Trevor Simeon? Are you excited about that? No. I I wish he had one guy that he could trust throwing the ball to. One Mm. of those. Not not that he's going to make the throw, but 
having a Michael Thomas or someone of that ilk on the edge, you know, is is it something of a comfort, wouldn't you say? Versus what they're throwing out there right oh, now. I mean, they have nothing. Like poor guy, poor fella has nothing. He has nobody to toss it to. Is I mean, that's that's really tough. Like when you sit there and you look at you look at what they're doing. You're trying to figure out who can they go to, who can they lean on. They now have Mark Ingram that they're counting on to be their guy. And then he got the deactivated because yeah. he was hurt. You know, and so. <sighs> yep, that about sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> that bad, sound effect bad. says it all bad. Right No, it's there. bad. It's bad. It's just bad, 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 bad. It's just bad all the way around and how this team is constructed. And I know Sean Payton, who played a big role in, in shaping the roster, has to be looking at his – the general manager, Mickey Loomis, just man, what are we doing? What are we doing with the team that we have out here? And I can't even imagine trying to play fantasy with, with any of the Saints' main offensive weapons. Oh, you're not touching it. Because I don't even know who you I don't even know who you call up with Alvin Kamara out. I, I don't even know because it's a hodgepodge. When you go and look at their stat sheet, it's just a bunch of a, a gibberish yeah, no, of the no, scribbled no. on the thing. Like, yeah, no, but, if if he was healthy, then Ingram just based on touches. Yeah, man. But even that's a, a complete desperation. Saying, "All right, I'm getting 12 touches. I got to get maybe, something, right? Maybe, well, maybe if they can maybe hold the ball that long, yeah. Maybe you can get 12 touches and can, give can me you something. Can you get me a uh, pass interference call down inside the five? Maybe I got a <laughs> shot. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. It's Fox Football Sunday. We'll get into the games that are going to be played later on today. But first, let's kick over to Isaac Lowenkron. Give us an update on the injuries and news flowing at this early hour. Indeed. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bucky. Thank you for kicking it over to me. I'm signaling for a fair catch. Oh, I muffed it. And it's a turnover. Oh, yay! I hoped. I hope. I hope to improve. Let's start with speaking of improvement. Some dramatic finishes in college football on Saturday night. Number seven Oklahoma State knocking off tenth-ranked Oklahoma, thirty-seven to thirty-three, as the Cowboys outscored the Sooners thirteen to nothing in the fourth quarter. Number fifteen Texas A&M led LSU twenty-four to twenty in the dying seconds, but the Tigers had the ball at the Aggies' twenty-eight yard line. Here's Chris Blair on WDGL. And here's the snap to Johnson. Here comes the blitz. Throws it one-on-one, looking downfield. Caught! Jeray Jenkins at the six, into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers! That would be the game winner as LSU won it 27-24 in what turned out to be Ed Orgeron's final game as their head coach. He announced right after the game that he will not be coaching LSU's bowl game this season. Number six, Notre Dame went against Stanford 45-14 to improve to 11-1. Jack Cohen completed 26-35 of 35 for 345. Number 13, BYU went against USC 35-31. Jackson McChesney, the game-winning seven-yard touchdown run with 357 left to play. In the end, NBA on Saturday night, the Phoenix Suns have now won 16 consecutive games. They were victorious at Brooklyn, 113-107. Devin Booker with his third straight 30-point game. And the Minnesota Timberwolves won a double overtime thriller at Philadelphia, 121-120. D'Angelo Russell scored 26 of his 35 points in the fourth quarter and the overtime periods. Mike and Bucky, back to you. Thank you so much, Ilo. Maybe next uh, Sunday, I mean, traffic's pretty light early in the morning. If we get here a few minutes early, we can kick some punts up into the early morning sky and see how you feel. What do you think? <laughs> how about uh, up on the ninth floor of the parking garage where they do the hot yoga? I mean, that that that's a nice wide area uh, for, for us to practice that. The only problem is... Oh, Punts awry are going to plummet nine stories down to Sepulveda. But. <laughs> well, Sounds you know great what? in theory. 
the element of danger certainly within at Isaac Lowenkron where you find the chaos and those on Twitter commenting on things we've talked about earlier. I'll come back for you soon enough. We'll we'll get back into that a little bit. Uh, at Swollen Dome, at Bucky Brooks, feel free to comment, like, uh, disdain, whatever you got, uh, bring it. Uh, we'll dish it back uh, accordingly. All right, let's get into the games of today. We got some real doozies and some real dogs. Uh, we're at that separation point of the schedule, yeah. but we're going to celebrate them all. Steelers and Bengals. Now we're talking, just jumping off with one of the big games. Cincinnati, a three and a half point home favorite, 44 the total. Pittsburgh had that four game winning streak, the tie against Detroit, and then what nobody would have ever expected a shootout loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. That was done without pretty much half of their defense. Hey, take the win if you're the Chargers and move on. But for the Steelers, lot better circumstances than I think we expected after the first month of the season and now you get T.J. Watt, Fitzpatrick all of those defenders back uh, for this one so opportunity uh, does knock there for Cincinnati team that we thought and we're starting to crowd Bucky and then defense started showing some leaks Jamar yeah. Chase, the pace slowed a little bit. Yeah, he got attention as the number Starts one. Starts getting his attention of like, hey, he's mm-hmm. actually the number one here. Forget about Tyler these Boyd, other guys yeah, and Higgins, Higgins and everything else. So he's getting his uh, love as a rookie, so that's good. Joe Mixon's still running the ball well. But here you go, an AFC North battle of two teams looking to contend uh, for one of, well, one of those seven spots that seemingly everybody except the Texans and Jets can try to lay claim to. You know, here's the thing about the Cincinnati Bengals. They're coming off a big win against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, first time they've been really gone on the road and got a good win against somebody in a long time. And what I like about it is the physicality and toughness that you see from the running game. Joe Mixon is a big part of it. Joe Burrow is cool and calm. I think they understand the magnitude of this game because this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, regardless of the Pittsburgh Steelers' struggles, this will legitimize – the Cincinnati Bengals is a team that we really have to talk about as a playoff contender. I think that energy um, is enough to sustain them. I believe we see the Bengals kind of take their game up a notch. This is one of the best teams, um, not only in the AFC North, one of the best teams in the conference. I think they have an opportunity to show it. I think they do so. Joe Hayden's still out in that secondary, so Bucky's got Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to take Cincy to win the game, but I think Pittsburgh hangs tight. Uh, that hook. Uh, entices me just enough. Next! Seahawks at Washington. All right, so we, we look at Washington, and over the mm. last couple of weeks, all of a sudden winning a couple of games. We saw it against Tampa Bay, and then they beat Carolina, another team that, you know, fringe, whatever, if they can ever uh, figure themselves out. Heineke, 66% completions, 15 touchdowns, 9 picks. Gibson playing through the shin injury that the reports every week are he's in agonizing pain but still getting out there somehow. (laughs) Their second leading receiver is J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. And we're starting to see that trend across a number of teams. You've got one wide receiver, and then there's the drop-off at that position in the tight end, and a running back sneaks in. 38 catches is the second. Okay, that's all fine and good. Curtis Samuel hasn't been on the field. Let's push them aside for a second. The story is in Seattle, and it's not about what's on the field. Right? You got a team Mm -hmm. that's scoring just 19 points per game and Russell Wilson didn't miss that much of the season to where you just say that's that doesn't include his clunkers and where this team is in terms of what they've built is this the last ride for these guys as a trio right because Schneider's got to be included too for the teams he's built Mm. 
Yeah, no, I think they stay. I think they stay with it. I look, I know Pete Carroll expressed or showed some frustration stepping away from the podium, having to come back. He kind of uttered some words that were not of a winning mentality when he talked about how hard it is to put in all the work and not get the results. But I think that's a temporary phase. I think it is hard for him. They've had so much success over the last 8, 19 years. It's hard to then go from that to being a cellar dweller. Uh, that said, they are better when the, the trio stays together. Russell, Snyder, Pete Carroll, I believe in the offseason they figure out a way to get it done. Uh, I believe they have to now up the ante when it comes to paying Russell Wilson, which I think was the really the um, source of the root of the frustration that he expressed last year. I think they figure out that, then they got to figure out how to build this team because right now they're just not a very, very good team. All right, we look at the because we got to pick it. Uh, <laughs> looking at a 46 and a half point total on this one uh, as you go through the the numbers, uh, it's basically a pick 'em. Oh, I mean, this is easy. This is easy. As soon as you Take think the, the better wa- quarterback, no, as soon as you think the Washington football team is ready to make a move, they're gonna break your heart. So I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks in this one. I figure on a on a prime time stage, they figure out a way to kind of put it together. They still are talented enough to do it. I think they just kind of find a way to put it together. Yeah, I'm also gonna start the letter writing campaign. The guys that you brought back at running back don't work. Okay, Carson and Penny, they can't stay healthy. They can't stay on the field. Oh, and we'll we'll also chip in for an extra offensive line. (laughs) He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, As we continue having some fun with you this morning, one of the games of the day comes up for us next as the Rams got punched in the Mm. mouth twice before the bye. Do they fight back? We'll get into it next year on Fox. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Welcome back in. It's Fox Football Sunday. The holidays have arrived. Be safe out there. Uh, Make sure you check in on your people. Uh, As we know, holiday season, difficult, difficult for those in your fantasy lineups and trying to figure that out. Yes, you can make fun of them on the uh, make fun of your league mates on the message boards, but otherwise be kind, be kind because, well, they they may be ruining other bad decisions that then bled into their fantasy managerial skills. How about that? You like that? That's what we're going with. I don't know. Bled, I'm trying. I'm bled, trying to grab bled, everybody in a big hug right now with a their, little bit of levity. It bled into their fantasy management skills. Well, okay. it does. Sometimes you you know suddenly start reaching for the downs, thinking that was going to be the thing to bring you back to glory. How about that? <laughs> at Bucky like Brooks, it. where you find him on Twitter. Find me over at Swollen Dome. All right, maybe it's a bit of a reach. Here's one of the games of the day uh, with some big injuries to note as well. Rams and Packers. All right, here we go. Minus two are the Rams, 46, the over-under. Looking at the Packers, obviously a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers and his toe, fractured toe, COVID toe, all these things. Uh, wanting apologies from news sources. <laughs> I tell you, it, got, it escalated quickly. Aaron Jones, game-time decision yeah. for this one, so that is huge. Uh, although A.J. Dillon has acquitted himself quite nicely. Uh, and he's a beast. There's no question about it. You're also looking at 
uh, a Packers offense. I, I showed you this on the grid before. You, you go Devontae Adams in his 72 catches, almost 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, 15 big plays already. You go to a third. And Randall Cobb, guy Rodgers wanted, he's the second leading wide receiver on this squad. Otherwise, they haven't yeah. had health. They haven't had any consistency. We saw the Rams before the bye, Bucky. They got beat up twice. Titans and 49ers shoved them around. Uh, what's What do we think from McVay and company as they come back out of the bye? This is the measuring stick. This is where the progress reports are completed. I mean, uh, we have kids, you know, like it's not quite the report card time, but it's that midway point where you kind of get to see where you're progressing, where you're at. For the Rams, it's huge because uh, what happened last January led Sean McVay to feel like, hey, I got to upgrade the quarterback. I want to have fun like Matt LaFleur has fun with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let me go get a, a generational arm talent in Matthew Stafford. So they've done that. They revamped the offense to really suit Matthew Stafford's talents. I would say maybe to the detriment of the rest of the personnel. So now we get a chance to see how far have they come? Have they closed the gap on the Green Bay Packers? That is what we will see this afternoon. If they are at or superior to the Packers, then, hey, everything is right. If not, that means there's a lot of work to do, and they got to get their work done quickly because there's probably going to be another opportunity for them to play them uh, in the postseason. The big question, uh, the role of Odell Beckham Jr., uh, the reports surfacing Mm -hmm. that the Packers were uh, the other suitor in the pursuit as he was released from Cleveland. Uh, They just didn't want to give him anything other than the minimum. Do you think they consulted Aaron Rodgers at all or any of the other veterans on that squad? Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I wonder I wonder if he would have would made the move up there. I mean, because they just raised a lot of money with fake stock. They did. Certificates for your wall. They did. I don't, just, I, I don't denigrate that. It's a, it's a lovely wall decoration. It has no value otherwise. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I thought it would have been the best move for him based on the quarterback because the way Aaron Rodgers plays the – improvisation that they operate sometimes with in Green Bay would have worked with Odell's game. But I also understand, man, Odell's a star. Like, he's a superstar, and his his stardom goes beyond the gridiron. Coming to L.A., being in Hollywood, much like LeBron James is to the Lakers, um, it's an opportunity to do more stuff. And so that's where it came down to. It came down to being able to that. And, oh, by the way, if I have a creative play caller like Sean McVay, maybe just maybe the football will go well as I'm beginning to transition maybe into life after. Fights with Van Jefferson for that number two spot. Uh, he's had plenty of opportunities to secure it. Uh, make some great plays, leave some easy ones on the field. Uh, I'm looking at Green Bay. Uh, Ricky gave us this number, 47-47-2, and two, the all-time series. Packers winners of six of the last seven, dating back to 2007. I'm going to take the Packers as the home dog. Oof. Even uh, with that bad, bad foot. Yeah, no, I think the Packers are a better team, but I'm going to go with the Rams in this one just because of the moment. They've been beat up the last two times out. They had a bye week to get it right, more time to game plan. Let's go with the Rams on the road. There you go. Big matchup to come. I really wanted to get this other game in uh, because I don't want to start the second hour with it. But we have no choice. We'll talk Jets and Texans next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Welcome back in hour two of the program, Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. You can find him each and every week across the Fox digital platforms. That's right. Download the app. Uh, hear all the breakdowns from his perspective. The Thursday night Amazon game with Joy Taylor and Daniel Jeremiah. Again, scouts view and, and a different way of looking at your three plus hours of football glory on, on a Thursday. Uh, you see him with Colin Coward, and of course here every Sunday with me on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, apps, Sirius XM, Channel 83, sometimes the little voice in your head, maybe that you hear it a little too strongly because something we said resonated just that greatly. Uh, at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, find me over at Swollen Dome. Uh, fantasy lineup advice coming up about an hour from now as we get finished with our program here, and then we have the two-hour run-up uh, with the simulcast from FS1, and of course, Fox NFL Sunday at 9 o'clock, all the latest from Jay Glazer, uh, and in injury notes and and whatever little tidbits will help stimulate the family discussions before you throw everybody out of your house and tell them (laughs) i'll see you in four weeks at christmas time yes whatever you need make sure you don't want to get into those uh, i mean look everybody's got an expiration date right especially if you haven't seen each other in a while there's Mm -hmm. usually some story that comes up over time yeah you know a little inquiry into what you're doing makes it uncomfortable what the kids are doing why has the kid got spiky hair why are the eyes a little smokier did your mom your mom and dad let you do that yeah Um, someone someone no exactly what's going on there yeah you dress like that hmm yeah, no, all of those things. I mean, it all conflates into one big, uh, beautiful, beautiful holiday pie. <laughs> at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, find me over at Swollen Dome. We're doing some wordsmithing uh, this morning, going through the games of Week 12, finishing it off uh, as we we flow through. Already three in the books, as you know. Kansas City and Arizona on the bye for Arizona. Uh, impressive, winning two of three with Colt McCoy under center as Kyler Murray tries to get right for the stretch run. He and DeAndre Hopkins both were out, and yet you still saw the Arizona Cardinals. You you called it mm-hmm. last week with, you just say, I'll take the, the better team. Yes. The, you know, even at the quarterback, because normally in the NFL, I, I guess in a lot of these, if we just pick blindly and just say who's the better quarterback in a matchup, yeah. you, you've won pretty consistently. In this case, it was, all right, I like what they've built here better, yeah, and better. the system is better. Yeah, the system the system is better. They, man, they are playing fantastic ball, like just fantastic um, in terms of just being able to, to get it done. So, yeah, so that, that was an easy choice for me. See? And and Kansas City, uh, the team mm. that you don't want to let hang mess, around the mess chicken around, coop. People mess around and let them hang around just enough, just enough to be able to kind of mess it up for everybody. Right. Are they playing great football yet? No. No. But the potential, yeah, the yeah, there's potential always there. potential you know, is there, and, the and thing, you let them hang around. You didn't you, vanquish them when you had the opportunity. That's right. You could have drove a stake through their heart early, and you didn't. And now you mess around and you got them at the top of the division. They have an opportunity to... Um, man, if they get into the tournament, because the the scary thing about them, you know, the way you look at it is very much like the NCAA tournament. All you're trying to do right now, you just want to get into the tournament. We can talk about seeds and all that, but now that they've only made it where only one team gets to right. buy, 
it doesn't really matter. And we've seen home field advantage has really been neutralized post-COVID. Like everyone is is able to go on the road and get wins, and it's, it's still not necessarily the same or the way that it was pre-COVID. And so you're just trying to get into the dance. And once you get into the dance, it's like, okay, man, we win three games. We're still back where we want to go. Man, I'll put my money on Kansas City getting hot in a three-game scenario. Yeah, it's all about the quarterback and then the hot defense. That's how it goes. Well, you play one, go one and zero today, right? Yeah. Take that old mantra, right? Whoever you want to attribute it to, certainly yeah. it's something one and zero mentality, right? I just, mean, I can, I can, like I mean, that's everybody. what we do. My brother and I, you know, at least once uh, once a week, there's just a day where you just know, you're not feeling. Day. It's like I'm just trying to get through today. Just trying to win the I'm day. Just winning. Go one and zero today. So win the day. So that's what we're talking about. And well, let's let's go one and zero and just get through this game really fast. What do you say, Chris? Jets and Texans. Welcome back, Zach Wilson. No Corey Davis for you today. You've got Elijah Moore there. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Carter goes to the IR. Kavanaugh not available uh, for the game. Yeah. Houston giving up the third most points in the National Football League. While the Jets uh, sitting down there, they're even worse. Uh, so we, we look at a potential uh, mess as far as that goes. 44 and a half, two and a half is the spread. Houston favored at home. Terod Taylor, operational efficiency. Doesn't have to be pretty. That's right. They win and, games. And, 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 and I got to think Lovey Smith terrorizes Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah. But, like, the tip, typically, the way that he's um, confounded the rookie quarterbacks has just been with zone coverage, reading their eyes, reading the mill, picking off passes. And so I think that would be the same recipe. Um For whatever reason, man, the Houston Texans play well when Tyrod Taylor is available. It's nothing that you can say on the stat sheet that he does, but maybe it's just a calming influence of the veteran there. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans. He doesn't throw it up for grabs. He doesn't give the ball away. This is a guy that, you know, we could write, and I hope he writes the book, I was the guy. (laughs) I was the guy. And and his travels throughout the NFL. Because you talk about the last couple of years, pretty crazy circumstances bouncing him from spot to spot. That is a nice title. I was was the guy until and then dot, <laughs> I was the guy dot 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 yeah. that's what we're talking about then Nate Peterman showed up and all these other guys showed up and I've been cursed well then I'm in the planet Houston and I'm in another situation where I actually get to play yeah this time right? yeah no so I like I like the Texans this they're the, to me they're the better team uh particularly with all the injuries that you outlined uh for the Jets yeah I'm uh, hey make it something go with a better team there you go let's get to another big one my lady, my Titans and Patriots. All right, another uh, injury-riddled team, I think, would be the kind way to describe what we're talking about with the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, Derrick Henry, long gone. Adrian Peterson shown the door. I think we Mm. just predicted that would probably be a very short-lived experiment, and sure enough, it was. Man, very short. Even shorter than I thought it would be. Well, now now you're just uh, a muddled mess of trying to figure out retread running backs along the way. Wide receiver A.J. Brown out goes to IR. Julio Jones was already out. So now we're getting very deep into the Tennessee depth chart for Ryan Tannehill. In this game, as we look at it, New England, a full touchdown favorite at home, 43. You're over under. You're going to get to know some of these young Titans wide receivers in this one, Bucky. Uh, If you didn't know the depth chart, you're going to learn it really quick. Uh, when you look at Hollister, Chester Rogers, Des Fitzpatrick, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, uh, you, you've got guys all over the place that are going to have to come up and, and step up in a big way against the best scoring defense in the NFL. 
Yeah, this is a tough one for the Titans. And I love the Titans' physicality and toughness, but I just think about the Patriots and the way the Patriots are rolling. And I just can't imagine them eating the cheese and kind of messing this one up. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Just a team that matches their physicality. Yeah. We talk about the defense. Then I go mess and, it up. Matt Judon and, and some of those moves have been phenomenal. And Mac Jones. Yeah, I don't think – I just I just believe this team knows how to play games and not mess it up. So, with Captain America, a.k.a. Mac Jones, who everyone just loves to celebrate, uh, I think they're back. They're back in the building. The Patriots, the evil empire <laughs> is back. Well, again, they were gone for a, a year and even last year. They were tough. As, like, as that's we, the, we were tough out last, last year. Seven and nine, and everything everything that could go wrong for them, they still were a seven and nine team. So, yeah. What, what, as you evaluate, you know, with the scouting eye, Mac Jones, you don't have a bunch of world beaters at wide receiver. Jacoby Myers is your leading guy. You look at Hunter Henry finally healthy. Mm-hmm. The guy that we were promised all those years, and we saw him in spurts as a member of the Chargers, still on the injury report every week is expected to play today but he, he's been such a massive win for Mac Jones it's hard not to do those comparisons of that second part mm-hmm. of the Brady Belichick book right that second chapter that included Gronkowski when you just look at all right I know I can go to him down the seam and he's going to win the one-on-one well yeah I mean I think I think it's, it's funny there are various chapters in the book that we can rewrite uh, and put Mac Jones. I think this is like the first chapter when Tom Brady emerged as a starting quarterback for the Patriots where it was very systematic in how they attacked. Uh, for Mac Jones, when you really dig into his throws, a lot of five yards and or fewer throws, a lot of balls that are going outside the numbers, balls to the running backs, um, that's pretty much where he's operating. And then they're just doing a great job of not taking the ball away. Defense is playing lights out. That's going to be tough, and that's the recipe to win not only today but going forward. Seven point the number. Uh, both take New England. What do you think about the seven point differential for the Alex mm, I can go with it. I'll go with it. I'll go with the seven. That's tough though. Man, seven points. Yeah, that's I know. A lot. It's on that's that tough, key though. number. I'll, I'll go. I'll take them to, to cover. Yeah. Uh, looking for Tannehill to give me one mistake trying to get to the young receiver who doesn't know the route. That <laughs> I mean, that's everybody. But that, but that's the thing. Now we see that route going the other way to, to make the difference in crunch time. All right, we've got a lot of games left to go. How about we get one more in? Let's get it. Yeah. My name, my name. Buccaneers and Colts. Trying to manage the clock better than most NFL coaches do. Uh, Tampa Bay, a three-point favorite on the road at Indianapolis. 53 is your total in this one, Bucky. As we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you look at those losses to New Orleans and Washington before rebounding with a decisive, fairly easy 30-10 win over the Giants. We'll talk about the Giants and the rumors that are floating uh, here on a Sunday morning. But Gronk returned in that game, looked pretty good. Uh, Your leading rusher for the Buccaneers has gone over 80 yards only three times this season. Mm. Right now, first in scoring average, 30.9 per game. Defense is ninth, tied for ninth at 22.2 allowed. For Indianapolis, it, it all comes down to Quentin Nelson, the wall of mean, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, um, the battle to watch is Quentin Nelson. Vita Vea up front. That is a matchup of two all-pro caliber guys on the interior, and it's imperative for the Colts to be able to win that so they can run the football. I like the Colts, and I like how they're trending. Um, 
This is a team that plays the right way. They lead the league in turnovers uh, forced by their defense. Their defense plays like their hair is on fire. Uh, the thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to diversify their coverage a little bit because if Tom Brady knows you're going to sit in Tampa 2 or just play that simple man that they traditionally play, he's going to carve it up. Um, let's go out of the box. Let's go to the Colts in this one. Let's Look go to the Colts because this is a team that's training the right way. And Frank Reich talked about, like, hey, this is a good team, but we feel like we're as tough as any team in football. This is a statement game, and I like statements. Winners of five of their last six. The last two losses for the Colts came in overtime to the Titans and to the Ravens for Carson Wentz. Last week against the Bills, 41-15, your win. Didn't have to do much. 11 of 20, 106 yards, the one touchdown. Uh, only one, 300. See, showing that you can win games differently here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it hasn't had to be on his arm. Uh, greater than 225 passing yards, six times this year. Only one 300-yard game thus far. Pittman's a guy you like, but the rest of that receiving core uh, disappears. So it really is on Jonathan Taylor's legs. And as a receiver out of the backfield, making some hay. But Carson Wentz just being confident and taking care of the football, right? We can't underscore that enough. Turnover differential and what it means to this league. Yeah, turnovers everything. Uh, that's the easiest way to win games. Uh, plus one, it puts you right around 60, 65% of winning. Uh, plus two is right around 72 to 75. Plus three, man, it goes up to high 80s. So if you just can take care of the football and make sure that the ball is always handed to the ref at the end of the play, your team to him, you have a chance to win. And I think that's one of the things that you have to look for. All right, so Bucky's on the home dog. I'm going to go the other way just so we disagree on something here uh, and looking for Rob Gronkowski to make some hay uh, over the middle. That's one game that certainly you want a frosty beverage or two. Uh, responsibly, of course, uh, and sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, find me over at Swollen Dome. He mentioned the, the key guy for the Buccaneers, Vita Vea coming off the knee injury. If he's sound, then maybe you can neutralize things. Yeah. Nobody's been able to neutralize uh, Taylor. Over 100 rushing yards, I mean, six of monster. his last eight, he's 100 total yards or more, nine, or, nine of 11. So he's been fantastic. And with 32 receptions, adding that other element to his game. You don't have to have Naheem Hines come in. Taylor's like, no, 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 I'm good. I got this. I'm good. I'm good, for sure. Um, God, this is going to be a good game. I think this is a good game. This is going to be a a fun one. one. Absolutely. Uh, All right, as we continue, we still have the Chargers and Denver. We've got Minnesota, San Francisco, and, of course, a lot to talk about in that Cleveland-Baltimore game. All of that coming up as the hour develops. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. 
Welcome back in. It's Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon. Bucky Brooks with you here. Happy holiday season. Be safe out there. Be good to each other. Find some good. Grab some good. Help some people out as you're able to. And if you do need help, find people you can ask, your friends, your family. We're all a team. Send me a note. At Swollen Dome. I'll do what I can. We all got to look out for each other. Not just this time, but all year long. So uh, be good. And there's your public service announcement. I love that. Sunday. I love that. No, I, I had an impassioned thing the other day. You know, when I did the show from Orlando one of the days while I was traveling, and we had the return of Dick Vitale to the, the main stage, right, as we watched the yeah, UCLA-Gonzaga cool. battle. And just kind of talking about loving something, someone mm-hmm. in your life to where it overwhelms you like that did him. Yeah. Right? Never thought he'd be able to be behind... The microphone again, all the worries because of the cancer treatments, all the good that he's done there. And to see that emotion, mm-hmm. we should all hope to have one of those moments. Something move you like that? Right, that moves you like that, that you recognize in the moment and appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was it was great to watch um, the emotional stuff. And I, obviously, a lot of us grew up with Dickie V, and he kind of changed the way sports were broadcast with the, it, the energy and the passion Adding your own flair to the broadcast. Catchphrase after catchphrase. Catchphrase, diaper dandy, all but, of the other stuff that he kind of added. That love yeah. of college basketball, right? Yeah. And so, Protective sometimes to a fault because we can argue about some of the way college mm-hmm. athletics is administered. But Yeah, no. So it, it was great to see him back and in his element. And I think you're right. Uh, we all would be uh, so fortunate to be able to be passionate about something that we're doing and that we love a game so much and we're able to kind of uh, be a part of it, like he's been a part of it for years and years. Easy to recognize it when it's gone, I guess, is the point. So try to make sure you're cognizant of what's good in your space in a given day. Yeah. And that's one to grow on. All right, let's get back into the games of the day. Panthers at Dolphins. All right, we look at the Carolina Panthers. They are two-and-a-half-point road favorites here. 42 is your total. Not expecting fireworks. Uh, and when looking at these squads, well, yeah, that that's where we're at. Uh, Miami back-to-back wins. You had that win on Thursday night against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Surprise, maybe not as much when you go back and look at the fact that the Baltimore offense had run like 95 plays in that win over Minnesota <laughs> yeah. four days prior. Yeah. But either way, and they all count yeah. just the same. And then they beat the Jets, which again, it counts as a victory. 27 to 33, two touchdowns and a pick for two in that one. Now they claim Phillip Lindsay. Just yeah, a hodgepodge of running backs. Just, 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 just a, just a, I think my dad would have Brunswick stew oh, I like of that. stuff. Just a, just a hodgepodge of just stuff that is in the pot. Miles Gaskin can't separate from the other guys, so they just keep bringing. Because they already had Duke Johnson on the practice squad. Yeah. Right? So they just keep throwing it up. For Carolina, 2-6 and six in their last eight. Uh, and you look at Cam, 189-2, but also 10 carries, 46 yards. So you circle that, and it's like, all right, there's a little bit of the Cam Newton that mm-hmm. we've seen in, in years past. Uh, you got 10 teams with a lower scoring average, just above 20 points per game, uh, six uh, with, with fewer passing yards per game. So not exactly prolific. DJ Moore finally back into the good graces of fantasy owners and showing up on the scorecard early <laughs> in that one. 
Look, the return of Christian McCaffrey means everything to this it's, a, every, it's everything. It's the return of McCaffrey coupled with uh, Cam Newton. The running game would be more dynamic. No matter what we think about Cam Newton as he declines in terms of as an athlete, the memories of him as a runner will impact the defense, which will then enable Christian McCaffrey to get loose. And if he's able just to be decent as a thrower, this offense has the opportunity to be dynamite when it comes to being able to run it, control it, protect the defense. That is, look, it's been pretty good for most of the year. They've had their moments where they haven't performed well. But if the defense can regain its stride to go with an offense that looks like it might be new and improved, yeah, the Carolina Panthers are dangerous. I think this game is a big one because we are going to see the Dolphins use the same game plan that they used against Baltimore and the Ravens. How does Cam Newton respond to the heavy pressure to cover zero that he sees that's going like stymie the run game and force him to make big plays in the passing game that is going to be the answer to the test Campbell and Williams both out in the secondary for Miami and Brandon Jones questionable uh, both ankle and elbow injuries I'm going to take Carolina to win by a field goal in this one I'll, I'll trust that Cam Moore and McCaffrey can give me one more play and that that defense can work oppositely against to a tongue of Iloa and slow things down there, especially with the roll of the dice, Dungeons and Dragons, 20-sided die running back situation they got going. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. They have a lot of confidence. I feel like they found their way when it comes to the way they need to play defense. And then with to a tongue of Iloa making plays. Look, that, that cover zero stuff that they were throwing out, that they've thrown out of late, has been tricky. And so I think it's tricky enough for them to win at home. Just keep blitzing the hell out of them. Blitz everybody often. What do we have? 40 against uh, bring, Lamar, right? Bring bring cover zero. We're bringing it from everywhere. We're bringing it on any down. There's a randomness to how we spin the wheel when it comes to the blitzes. But we are going to dictate the terms to you, and that's how you have to play it. I would just uh, use this, the old Terry Tate line. Pain train's coming. <laughs> Is Cam Newton ready for the whistle to blow? Next! Chargers and Broncos. Divisional battle. Chargers, three-point favorites on the road. 47 is your total. Teddy, two gloves, 69% completions on the year. 14 touchdowns, five interceptions, and the best business decision to not try to tackle and stay on the field. Gordon and Javante Williams between them, over 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, Williams is your big play threat. Melvin Gordon, the touchdown vulture. So for fantasy purposes, you're in hell if you've gone into that situation. Uh, Sutton, Patrick, both got paid. Congratulations. Uh, What that means for Jerry Judy after this year? A lot of trade talk and speculation already starting to flow uh, out for him. Uh, 22 catches just on this year. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. On the other side, Chargers live and die by Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to, it seems, for this offense. Uh, when you look at him overall, 573 on the ground, seven scores, 46 receptions, another six. Uh, Herbert is your second leading rusher on this team. 207 yards and 90 of those came against Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, they need Austin Eckler to provide some balance. The difference uh, this week compared to last week, Pittsburgh um, – 
dared basically Justin Herbert to find plays, find a way to make plays against their two man. He decided to utilize his leg at 90 rushing yards. Uh, now that he has put that on tape, the Denver Broncos won't take the same approach. You see a lot of man to man from the Broncos, but they're not going to let Justin Herbert run all over the field. That said, this is the Chargers' time to make a move. Offensively, they have the weapons to really be a team that goes deep into the postseason. I think they take a huge step forward. Give me the Chargers in this one. Denver coming into this game, you're, you're looking at a defense that is third, 18.3 points allowed, and we've seen more of Mike Williams again. Early season heroics disappeared for a bit. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking for the dynamic offense to make one more play. Yeah, It's just a curiosity with Denver. Can they get the ground game going? Because we know the Chargers uh, defensively, let's just say they've been Civ-like <laughs> against the run. So, Javante Williams, I circled the the yes. six big runs of yes. the year. I'm like, how m- is it seven after the today? Is it eight? Is it nine? Uh, or can they shore that up? That that is the the question to solving what the Chargers are defensively. Yeah, it is the question solving what they are defensively. They need to play better on defense um, because they've had a tough time stopping the run. They need. I know they like to play their two shell, but they have to find a way to be better against the run because if not, it's going to continue to be an Achilles heel. I still like them. I think they're too talented. Missing a, a few key components there. Also are the Broncos. Kareem Jackson going to miss this one. Uh, you've got Shelby Harris on the defensive line. Doubtful. And Bobby Massey, uh, the offensive tackle, going to miss this one as well. Uh, Gilman and Asante Samuel Jr. out for the Chargers, uh, both on, on LAC. Uh, for this one. I picked against them a bunch. Finally went against a home home dog here, uh, Bucky. I had been going that way. Uh, at Bucky Brooks on Twitter, where you find him, find me over at Swollen Dome. We have four more games to get to. I promise you the next one will be short. But first, it's Isaac Lohenkron with an update on what's trending. Got some interesting NBA news for you coming up well, in just then. a bit, fellas. Uh, kind of out of left field, so stay tuned for that. We will start by running down Saturday night's college football action. Number 7, Oklahoma State, defeating 10th-ranked Oklahoma 37-33. 15th-ranked Texas A&M, leading LSU 24-20 in the final minute. But LSU had the ball at the Aggies' 28-yard line. Here's what happened next from Chris Blair on WDGL. And here's the snap to Johnson. Here comes the blitz. Throws it one-on-one. Looking downfield. Caught! Jeray Jenkins at the six. Into the end zone. Touchdown! Fighting Tigers! That would be the game winner. LSU winning it 27-24. And it turned out to be Ed Orgeron's final game as their head coach. He announced after the victory that he will not be coaching LSU in its bowl game. Speaking of coaching, Washington State named interim head coach Jake Dickert as its permanent head coach. And Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards will be returning next season. In the NBA, the Phoenix Suns won their 16th consecutive game Saturday night. They were victorious at Brooklyn, 113-107 as Devin Booker enjoyed his third straight 30-point game. Now, Shams Charania reporting a short time ago that Boston Celtics center Ennis Cantor is legally changing his name to Ennis Cantor Freedom. Cantor will be his middle name. Freedom is his new last name. The newly named Freedom will officially become a U.S. citizen tomorrow. So we've had Meta World Peace. We've had World Be Free. Mm. Now we've got Innis Freedom. Mike and Bucky. Thanks so much, Ilo. At Isaac Lohenkron, uh, Cantor in the news. We're clashing with LeBron James. Seems yes. a lot of people did that this week. 
Yeah, you know, LeBron, LeBron public enemy number one. He uh, he deals with it all the time in his country, came after him. So that's an interesting deal to see for sure. Yeah, and the response and getting the fans thrown out and then yeah, doing the uh, let me let me grab myself as I jump down the, the, yeah. the court as well. You know, he, I, he did the extended I mean, version. that'd be like 35,000 yards in penalties in the NFL. I mean, he did the old uh, Sam Cassell. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he just made it a little nasty. He's Nasty Nelson. Nasty Nelson. Well, from, when you're not playing well, I, I mean, this is Vegas misdirection. Let's talk about other things and not that I'm getting beat off the dribble and all those other things I mean, that are starting to happen. He's, he's my age. <laughs> he, he shouldn't be out there playing 19 years in the league trying to guard people. Come on, man. And yet he is, Bucky. Yes, he is. So if he's on the court, what That's happens? That's right. we got to give it to him. No, you got you got to get the business if he's still on the court. <laughs> they are giving it to him, and they don't mind. Oh, there's no question about it. Everybody sees the blood in the water right now as far as the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, we'll have plenty of time come January to talk about the NBA. For, for now, our business is week 12 of your National Football League uh, at Swollen Dome on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks, where you find Bucky. Uh, you see him, the columns and the videos on the Fox Sports digital platforms. You hear him with Colin Cowherd. And of course, Thursday nights on Amazon alongside Joy Taylor, our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio. You hear her on Sunday or Saturdays, I should say, uh, in the, the mid-morning. And of course, Daniel Jeremiah uh, over at NFL Network is well they get it done on thursdays giving you an alternate view alternate broadcast uh from a different perspective so check it all out uh it's a grand grand potpourri and you're a tired man mentor coach i mean all of those things enough hours in the day for yes you got 24 of them use them all see that's it find your wins baby yeah as it were all All right let's get back into the games we got four left i think this next one should go pretty fast Falcons and Jaguars. Falcons, a two-point favorite on the road at Jacksonville. 45 and a half is your total. Cordero Patterson, game time decision. They need him. Uh, losers three of four. 68 to three. They were outscored their f- last two games, Bucky. Uh, team that may be limping towards the end. Uh, quietly, Kyle Pitts is probably going to get to 1,000 receiving yards. Averaging is 63 per game. Yeah. There's some big games in there. There's some disappearing acts. Calvin Ridley, of course, still away from the squad. We even got a little bit of Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks uh, mm. last time out for all those that missed that. Uh, 20 sacks taken thus far for Ryan, for Jacksonville. Everybody wants to uh, talk about Trevor Lawrence. Nobody cares about the Jaguars right now. I'm sorry. All right, yeah. Other than Urban Meyer, and mm-hmm. I mean, even that seems like a lifetime ago. Lawrence shut out three straight games. They lost. Uh, Agnew, who looked like he was becoming a little something in the receiving game. Robinson has been in and out of the lineup with some injuries, and they're giving up 26 per game. What gives here? This is a tough one, right? Because both teams are looking at the opponent as, hey, this is this is an opportunity for us to get right. Uh, the problem that you have is the Atlanta Falcons were so bad the last two games that they can't possibly play that bad. Again, you tell yourself that. that there's no way they can put up a performance that was as disappointing. And, and as the Lions can't lose close games like, time and again. Sorry, like, so. And then the Jaguars were hey, look, they were equally as dismal against the oh, sure. um, San Francisco 49ers. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Falcons and don't don't ask me why. Um, if it comes down to quarterback play, Matt Ryan's experience might be the nod. And I just don't know who the Jaguars are going to throw the ball to, like, there's no one on the perimeter. That scares. Like, they don't have anybody that really scares you. So that's what makes it difficult. I'm going to go with the Falcons. 
Uh, I don't know what the over-under is, but I would say take the under. I don't think many points Over-under is 45 and a half. Yeah, let's go on there. On there. Jaguars, uh, Treadwell, Chenault, the usual suspects, I guess. Yeah, I'll go under. Yeah, you're not you're not feeling it. All right, so you're on Atlanta. I'll t- I'll take the home dog in this one, and I'll rue every snap that comes for it. And you know, just to answer the question, folks, you know, hey, is Trevor Lawrence getting a pass? It's like, no. There's just nothing to really evaluate on. Your team is constructed I mean, poorly. Yes. It, look, three Ps: um, protection, playmaking, and play calling. They're failing right now in all three areas. Once they get back to relevance, i.e., we we start the clock towards draft day 2022, mm-hmm. then we'll talk about uh, where he's at a little bit more. Because certainly, yeah, he doesn't get a free pass, but how much are we talking Jaguars football at this point in the year? We're talking playoff runs and teams trying to contend or where something went really sideways on a team that we thought could contend. Nobody had any expectations of the Jaguars breaking through. So uh, we kick that to the curb for another day. Next! Vikings at 49ers. All right, this is one of the uh, games of the day. A couple of 500 teams getting after it. 49 is your total. San Francisco, a field goal favorite at home. We look at Minnesota. Uh, Kirk Cousins, a guy who's played much better than, well, anybody would notice. 21 touchdowns against two picks, 68% completion rate. Jefferson needs 56 yards today to go over 1,000. Adam Thielen, while the yardage isn't there. Eight touchdown catches yeah. uh, on the year, and we know what Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison can do for the and and obviously thoughts and prayers. The issues that they've had, uh, mental health yeah, popping Everson up Griffin. again yeah. with Everson Griffin. Uh, we look at the 49ers and Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Not as much clamoring for Trey Lance as, as you would have thought for a team sitting at 500 right now. They can still play bully ball on occasion, which is interesting since the only running back of note is Elijah Mitchell. He will play today despite the injury. Five big runs on the year. Been a lot of Debo Samuel as a runner and, of course, as a receiver. And the return of George Kittle. Immense. He's the second leading receiver, even though he missed over a month. Yeah. Um, let's go to San Francisco 49ers in this. And, and this is a great game because these are two teams that I think are kind of on the rise in terms of like their playoff prospects. But the Niners' ability to play bully ball, to me, is the difference. They've gotten back to their identity, to what I think the essence of who they are. Man, they are a creative smash-mouth football team. And when they're committed to running the ball like they have been, um, man, it's problematic. The last two games, uh, when you watched them play, they have had these long drives at the beginning. We're talking about 17-play, 20-play drives that just absolutely zapped the life at you with these body blows in the first quarter. And so this is how they get down. And I, man, I think it's – I think it's I think it's time for them to kind of continue to keep making the move, and so this this works. Still, some health concerns in that back seven for them. But to your point, I, am am I in the I guess I must be in the distinct minority that I love the eighteen play drives. I mean, and that yeah. you're willing to do it because I mean, let, let's go. It's, what hard, it is. it's hard to With do the, the number of penalties that could be yeah, called odds, and yeah, wondering the, odds are you're going to grab or clutch yeah. or the angle's going to be bad for uh, an official and so, totally beset all the other effort. Yeah, the odds are against you being able to do it, but they've somehow been able to kind of find a way to to make it happen. And what they're doing is they're just hitting you in the face over and over and over again. And over time, man, you just wear it out. And they're wearing people down. And Debo Samuel has become 
one of the best offensive weapons in football. He is a wing back, half running back, half wide receiver, and they're making it work. He is uh, terrific. And so without their running backs, Depot Samuel is the wild card. Uh, this running game is problematic, man. It, it, it gives me nightmares just watching it over and over again. Our man check that we've talked about a bunch uh, coming in uh, in key spots. Remember, they lost Raheem Mostert at the start of the season, expected to be the, the starter, Elijah Mitchell, Hasty, you name it. They've, they've found a number of guys that aren't world beaters, but if you're willing to commit to the run, Jimmy G, 67% completion rate and takes care of the football. Debo needs six mm-hmm. yards to go to 1,000. We're in week 12. <laughs> He's so man, he's so good. I like he's yelling yak a lot. He's just come. I think what they call them guys, the Yak Brothers. That's they, it. They they get after it. Brandon Ayuk is also coming on like gangbusters. Then you have George Kittle, Yuschek. Uh, they have weapons. It's just a matter of them playing well. And you just have to be comfortable knowing, hey man, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to skip the ball across the pond a couple times, <laughs> and you just have to be okay with it. But when he does make plays, he makes a ton of them, and that and that ends up being the difference in these games. Still a seventy-five percent winning percentage percentage for him on his career at Bucky Brooks where you find him on Twitter find me over at Swollen Dome Fox football Sunday continues we've got two games left one with a team on the rise that changed their identity mid-season want to talk about that another with a rumor hanging over their heads and then well a matchup that I think we're all going to want to watch on Sunday night football we'll get into those two games finish things off here uh, as we continue on Fox do you love Selena like really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Welcome back in. It is Fox Football Sunday, revved up, big day of action, three games already in the books, Kansas City and Arizona enjoying their bye week, a couple of others uh, wishing they had them this late, right, this is advantage gained, mm-hmm. right, either you, you want it yeah. smack in the middle where you just say, alright, here's our evaluation, what are nah, we at this, this is, point, yeah. but if you're a potential contender... Week twelve, week thirteen? Are you kidding me? Yeah, this perfect. If you can, if you can survive to this point without the major injuries, this is a perfect opportunity to do it because you get a chance to reset, you get a chance to rest and recover, you get a chance to look at your team and kind of figure out how do we need to play the rest of the way um, to make a legitimate run. This is the perfect time to have the bye week. It's just a matter of managing it, and I think this year is a great, I would say, like learning opportunity for a lot of coaches to figure out how to deal with 17 and eventually 18 games. Of course. Because you're going to have to be able to manage and there's going to have to be some load load management opportunities within the season where you may have to take your star running back, particularly these teams because we're seeing the renaissance of the running game. You may have to take your star running back like Ezekiel and be like, oh yeah, no, you're not playing on Thursday. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work through. Nope. We're sitting Short down. Short week, we can... We can navigate this game without you. We've got Tony Pollard. Yeah. We'll, we'll work the you game got... elsewhere to to get you right, right? Ezekiel Elliott, for those that missed it, knee mm-hmm. injury. So the the question of management. Likewise, what we saw Arizona do with Kyler Murray. Yeah, get to make a decision. Some folks wondering, hey, are, are so you... Should you play before the bye? Toughness? Does he, you know, what is it about the kid? So the questions about the kid I thought were unfair. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, you're looking at a team that's trying to manage not only playoffs, but also potential number one seed. Yes. Right. There's there's so much more at stake than just, all right, yeah, he's a little banged up. No, no, no. He, he's everything. Yeah, you he want... ain't right. I mean, Colt McCoy can get you through weeks, as we saw. Yeah. And it'd be an interesting experiment if you actually had to do it, you know, when, when we're uh-huh. at at January, but for this purpose, like uh, Kyler Murray missing three games, smart, plus a smart, buy, good smart, it was a smart move. It worked out long term for him, where they're like, "Yeah, we're good on that. We're not going. We're not going to expose you to it. We're just going to sit this one out. We're going to take. We're going to take our lumps and just see. We'll take our shot. And lo and behold, they hit him with a haymaker and won the game. Yeah, and so that was and so that was a bonus. So now, not only do you get your guy back, but you have more confidence that you can win with or without him if you have to do it in a one game scenario. Change your styles as you need to. All right, we got two games left on the slate. Plenty of time to talk playoffs as the weeks go on. Let's get to it. Eagles and Giants. All right, the Eagles, three-and-a-half-point favorite at New York. As you can see, a lot of home dogs on the slate this week. Long list of injuries for the Giants. Saquon Barkley going to try to give it a go. Uh, Shepard, Tony, uh, others uh, in the receiving core are banged up. Philadelphia winners of three of their last four, scoring 44, 30, and 40 in those wins. Your leading uh, rusher, Jalen Hurts, by a mile. Yeah, now look, the, the Philadelphia Eagles have become another version of the Baltimore Ravens where their running game gets after you. They've gone for 175 plus rushing yards in each of the last four games. Give me the Eagles in this one because I believe they're going to hit the Giants right in the face with that running attack. I don't think the Giants are going to respond well. Well, you don't think firing Jason Garrett's going to solve everything? Patrick Graham could be the next one to go. As, as And Dave Gettleman, uh, as we've talked about here uh, on the program. GM since 2018, never above 500, 17 and 38. Giants last playoff appearance 2016. Thank you, Ricky and Brandon. All right, so Philly runs up again. Last game. Browns and Ravens. Hate to give it short shrift because there's so many great storylines here. 47 points your total. Baltimore, three and a half point favorites. Baker Mayfield, all the injuries. You're looking at Chubb mm. and Kareem Hunt finally together again. Uh, the receivers for Cleveland, only two 100 yard games by receivers this year. One of those was Njoku, the mm. other was Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, and everyone says it's OBJ, so we'll see. But this is a game where they're going to need their receivers have to make plays because if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, we're stuffing the line of scrimmage. We're making sure Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt aren't factors. And you got to put the game on Baker Mayfield. Uh, can Baker Mayfield get it done? No. He hasn't proven it to date, and so because of that, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I will take the Ravens uh, to win this one rather easily because that is their Achilles heel if you can get the ball downfield. Problem is you don't have playmakers. No. Right? I you mean, don't have enough. You, you don't you have, have enough, enough to down be able to get there. It done. Peoples Jones is interesting, uh, I think, as a long term project. Jarvis Landry complaining for the football. It just isn't getting it done. Take the Ravens as well. Find them at Bucky Brooks. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Thanks for hanging with us. Enjoy week 12 of your National Football League. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.